and welcome to the Shellac Stack. My name is Brian Wright, your host for this little hour-long program featuring 78 RPM records from my collection. It's music from the first half of the 20th century. I start out the program by welcoming you to the Shellac Stack, but it occurs to me, really, we might flip that around and say that it's you who have welcomed me into your day by choosing to listen to the program, so I thank you for doing that, and I hope you'll enjoy the music ahead. I have more than the usual number of records stacked up today, so I'm going to try to keep the talking to a minimum so we can get to as many of these as possible. We're going to start with a record by the Kuhn Sanders Orchestra. This is one of the very last the band made. It was recorded in New York on March 9, 1932, and benefits from the improved high-fidelity recording equipment Victor had recently adopted. Unfortunately, Carlton Kuhn would come down with an abscessed tooth very shortly after this record was made, and within a matter of weeks, he was dead from blood poisoning, bringing to a close the Kuhn Sanders Orchestra. But what a few wonderful years they had as an orchestra. We'll hear Joe Sanders, the vocalist, on Lo and Behold, a song by Edward Heyman and John Green. This is Victor 22951. Here's the Kuhn Sanders Orchestra. Thank you. 
Right up to the end, the Kuhn Sanders Orchestra retained the vitality and humor that had characterized it since the early 1920s. There they are in March of 1932. Lo and behold, Joe Sanders, the vocalist. I suspect that in early 1932, that record already sounded a bit old-fashioned. The band does have a foot pretty firmly in the styles of the mid to late 1920s. I don't say that disparagingly. I like that record a lot, and I I think the Kuhn Sanders Orchestra was great right up to the end, but only three years later, Benny Goodman was taking his orchestra on that famous tour out to California where they introduced swing and, and really, some would argue, changed the course of popular music history. This record doesn't quite swing, but it's still a good one. Lo and behold. And that welcomes you to this edition of the Shellac Stack. My name is Brian Wright. I'll be playing all sorts of 78s over the coming hour. And up next, we're going to turn to Klein's Serenading Shoemakers. At least, (laughs) that's what the label of this record says. It's on the Cameo label, 8230. The band is really one led by percussionist Joe Green, brother of the famous George Hamilton Green. Joe Green was no slouch at the xylophone either, and made quite a number of records under his own name, and we'll hear him on this one. The tune is called Black Clouds are passing by. It was recorded in New York in late April of 1928. After that, we'll hear the Brox sisters on a Victor record, 19921. They sing Tie Me to Your Apron Strings Again, recorded in Chicago on December 18, 1925. And we'll wrap up the set with a little something from Charles Carell and Freeman Gosden, known to generations of radio listeners as Amos and Andy, but this is a little before the Amos and Andy days. They give us a little skit and song called All I Want to Do. It was recorded in Chicago March 2nd, 1926. Starting us off, though, here's Joe Green's band masquerading as Klein's serenading shoemakers. Black clouds are passing by. Thank you. 
mama And oh, what a papa you'll be Tell me who'll be the mama I'll be the mama And oh, what a mama for me Gee, all I want to do is to be with you To know what's not, to know what's new All I want to do Goodbye, <laughs> Freeman Gosden and Charles Carell. All I want to do. Going to change things up now and bring on a record by Joe Shelton, who was one of the Shelton brothers that recorded prolifically for the Decca label in the mid-1930s. Indeed, this is a Decca record. Joe Shelton was born in Texas in 1911. His real name was Joe Adelsey, but later on he and his brother took their mother's maiden name for their stage name, and so he became Joe Shelton. He moved to New Orleans in the mid-1930s and broadcast regularly over the radio there and made a bunch of records for the Decca label, over 150 of them. He later recorded for, I believe, Victor and King as well. Joe Shelton kind of faded from the scene after World War II and died in 1980. In this record, we'll hear one called At the Shelby County Fair, recorded December 20th, 1935. After that, it's the Five Red Caps, from about 1945, they give us a tune by Irene Higginbotham called Boogie Woogie on a Saturday Night. And then we'll wrap up the set with Mary Lou Williams at the piano in October of 1939, one of her own compositions called Little Joe from Chicago. It's Columbia 37334. But to start us off, from Decca 5177, here's Joe Shelton. All aboard for the fairgrounds. I went to the Shelby County Fair and I took along my honey She spent her time in the sideshows there and I spent a lot of money She wanted to see the tattooed man when a fella yelled the show's on I covered her eyes up with my hand cause he didn't have no clothes on Everyone had lots of fun, all the animals were there We saw cows and mules and constables at Shelby County Fair Thank you. 
We went to see the Siamese twins, and believe me, they were twisters. Those girls looked so much alike, I thought that they were sisters. We threw some hoops to win a prize, and we almost broke the owner. She won a dozen razor blades, and I won a silk kimono. Everyone had lots of fun, all the animals were there. We saw cows and mules and constables at the Shelby County Fair. show where they had some freaks and the tickets cost a quarter. They had a feller who was so tall he looked like a drink of water. A lady asked me to hold her child, that's the way with these women. She came back in about an hour and it looked like I'd been swimming. Everyone had lots of fun, all the animals were there. We saw cows and mules and constables at the Shelby County Fair. Is a wonderful sight. That's the time when Tamahatton is gay. Everyone escapes the cares of the day. When they start to dance, their troubles away. Boogie, woogie. From the swanky to the cold water flats. Parlor floors are jammed with rugged and cats. Boogie music is the feature, no doubt. Piano plonkers busy beating it out. There is something fascinating about. Boogie, woogie. There's no time for frowning, darkness turns to light. There's good natured clowning, makes the world all right. That's wisdom, boogie-woogie on a Saturday night. That's when every heart is high as a kite. Everybody there treats you like a pal. Every guy can find romance with a gal. Nights on Saturday are good for morale. Boogie-woogie.
Williams at the piano, her own composition called Little Joe from Chicago, that was issued as part of a record album set on the Columbia label in the 1940s called Boogie Woogie Volume 2. That record dates from October of 1939. Before that, the five red caps on the Joe Davis label with Boogie Woogie on a Saturday night. And we started off the set, Joe Shelton at the Shelby County Fair from December of 1935. All right, up next, I've got a record that I can honestly say is one of those discs that really got me interested in 78s. Back when I was a elementary school or middle school student, I came across a copy of this record and was just enchanted by it. <laughs> I don't think I understood all of the references in it, but I loved it. It's by Slats Randall. That's S-L-A-T-Z. Randall and his orchestra. Brunswick 4331, a record made in Minneapolis in January of 1929. The Brunswick people took a portable recording unit up to Minneapolis and recorded a number of acts, including Slats Randall. The tune, very popular in 1929, is called Bessie Couldn't Help It. The vocalist here is Joe Roberts. After that, we'll hear from Jimmy Lunsford and his orchestra, a recording made in New York in January of 1939. It's Baby, Won't You Please Come Home. Joe Thomas will be the vocalist on that. But first up, Slats Randall. I hope you like this as much as I did. Bessie Couldn't Help It. Bessie was as fair as the heavens above. And oh, Lord, how the gal could love. Bessie had a passion that was simply wonderful. I mean, terrible. Oh, the Bessie couldn't help it any more than you could. Oh, I could. And someday she was bound to fall. That's all. Now, man took Bessie in the parlor one night. I don't know what he did, but she hollered with delight. Bessie couldn't help it. Any more than you could, or I could, oh. Attempting to do the very best that she could or you could Now Bessie was as pretty as a tropical peach 
And when she saw money, how that girl could reach for Bessie had a passion that was simply wonderful. Oh, terrible. All the things I got now, Bessie, any more than you could or I could. And like all ripe peaches, she was bound to fall. That's all. Now, Bessie went out in the country to feed the cows hay. Saw the cows papa and decided not to stay. Cause Bessie got now, Bessie, any more than you could. This is the Shellac Stack. My name is Brian Wright. For those of you just joining us, welcome. I'm playing 78 RPM records from my collection here. That was Jimmy Lunsford and his orchestra with the enthusiastic Joe Thomas delivering the vocal on Baby Won't You Please Come Home from January of 1939. And we preceded that with a record made 10 years earlier in Minneapolis. Slats Randall and his orchestra, Bessie Couldn't Help It. Joe Roberts, the vocalist on that. 
We're going to head all the way back to 1905 now for a record on the American Record Company label. This is a label that has long fascinated me in part because the records are just so visually striking. First of all, they have a full color label. It says at the top around the border, American Record Company, and then depicts a Native American man with feathers in his cap and everything seated in front of a phonograph with an array of disc records in front of him. It says, Music Hath Charms. The pressings were made on a bluish material called Empidite, so they look quite different from standard black shellac 78s, and they're also slightly larger than the usual 10-inch records. Most of these American Record Company releases are just a shade under 11 inches in diameter, which can make it awfully frustrating when you're trying to put them into regular 10-inch record sleeves. Of course, they just don't fit, so you have to either make your own or go buy special custom sleeves that will hold these slightly oversized records. Be that as it may, they're usually well-recorded, very clear, I think, for the time. The label existed very briefly, only from 1904 to about 1906, because they were blatantly infringing on the patents held by Victor and Columbia on lateral disc recordings, so they were effectively sued out of operation by 1906. But for the time they existed, they put out some interesting and, as I say, well-recorded material. The record we'll hear is by a whistler named Joe Belmont, and he'll give us a tried-and-true tune called The Mockingbird. This is on record 030493, and yes, it's a single-sided pressing in that lovely blue impedite material. Okay, here's Joe Belmont. The Mockingbird. Thank you. 
a variety hodgepodge set, if ever there was one. We started with Joe Belmont whistling The Mockingbird in about 1905. Then from September of 1926, we heard Eddie Chester singing with Joe Candulo, if you could call that singing, <laughs> reciting, uh, and his Everglades Orchestra. That was a Jeanette record, 3385, in a little garden. The label says that it was electrically recorded, but it's kind of hard to tell. I have my doubts about that. It sounds much more like an acoustic recording, but it could have been just a very crude early electric. We wrapped up with Joe Reichman at the piano. No doubts about that being an electric record. From 1941, Lover, Come Back to Me, that good old standby by Sigmund Romberg and Oscar Hammerstein. That was Victor 27397. In the time we have left, I'm going to bring you a trio of Dixieland-style records. First up, The Washboard Wonders, which features a very young Dick Wellstood at the piano. Joe Moraney sings the vocal on Don't Forget to Mess Around, recorded in New York in April of 1947. It's on the little Paradox label. That's the label name, Paradox, record number two. Then it'll be Turk Murphy's Jazz Band on the Good Time Jazz label, record number three, a tune by Joe King Oliver called The Chimes Blues, recorded in Los Angeles, May 31st, 1949. And we'll finish up this set in 1954 with a record by Joe Gooman's all-star Dixieland band. They'll give us Red River Valley, Decca 29071, nice pink label DJ pressing, so it sounds really very, very good. Okay, here's the Washboard Wonders.
Yes, indeed. Probably one of the hottest Red River Valleys you could ever hope to hear. Joe Guman's All-Star Dixieland Band. Just who were the members of Joe Guman's All-Star Dixieland Band? According to the Lord Discography, it was Bill Ellert playing cornet, Ralph Hildeman on trombone, Eddie Burlton clarinet, and Art Laud piano, with Joe Guman playing drums. I don't know how much any of those guys could be considered all-stars, but uh, hey, they made good music on that DECA 78. Well, if you've been paying attention throughout the past hour, you may have noticed one little thread uniting all of these records. They all have something to do with a person named Joe, either Joe in the title of the song, Joe in the composer credits, Joe in the vocalist credits, Joe in the uh, artist credits, and uh, I thought, what better way to wrap up our little set than with a record by Aileen Stanley from May of 1926, Victor 20056, called I Wonder What's Become of Joe. Should old acquaintance be forgot, I'll tell the world that it should not. That's why I've got my eyes open, looking for someone, and I'm hoping you may know the one I mean, the man I want to find. Cause nothing else is and nothing else will be ever on my mind. I wonder what's become of Joe, my little Joe. I'd give all the world to know. Where did he go? How I'd love to see him smiling again. Like he used to when he was my beau. I loved him so dearly. Wonder if he wonders too. Whether I'm gay or if I am feeling blue What would he say? Gee, but we were happy not long ago I wonder what's become of Joe I wonder what's become of Joe, Joe, my Joe I'd give all the world to know no, 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 how I'd love to see him smiling again, like he used to when he was my beau, I loved him so dearly, wonder if he wonders, whether I am feeling blue, so blue, but we were happy not long ago. I wonder what's become of Joe I wonder what's become of Did he go east? Did he go west? I'd give all the world to know if he's true What'll I do? Wonder if he touched those Florida spots If so, he has lots I think I'll try to phone to Miami Wonder if he cares for Duncan Rose and tea like he went with me With him none can care for Dancing, what a treat So light on the feet Don't care what's become Of last winter's snow I wonder, wonder what's become of Joe
Aileen Stanley closing out today's Shellac Stack program with I Wonder What's Become of Joe. And that is going to wrap up today's edition of the Shellac Stack. I had a lot of fun this past hour. I hope you did too. And I hope we'll see you back here next time for more 78s on the Shellac Stack. Until then, be well, take care of yourself, take care of others, and uh, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.